0: No, I've got, it won't,
1: it will, it simply will not find my earphones. That's nonsense.
0: So what I will have to do... Well, can, I just, can we just do it without on the intro and see how it sounds? Okay,
1: that's all right, yeah. All right, let's have a go.
0: It's only the input, not um, the output.
1: No, like, no, no, I think people might... know your inept technology. Um, we're recording, by the way.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. I <laughs> heard my <laughs> wife. Oh, um,
1: anyway, how are you?
0: Hello. Hello. Uh, how, how am I, did you say? Yeah,
1: got to ask you that. Start with formalities, get those out of the way. I was
0: just to so shock you are. Good, I'm good, mate. Good.
1: Yeah, okay. Pleased for you. So Gary's currently preparing for a stand-up student comedy course. routine competition.
0: Student competition. <laughs> student. Somehow the I
1: Chortle student. student Comedy Awards. He'll be the oldest student amongst his pool of uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> content. The and
0: Sorry, I mean best. Yeah, I think no, it I think stands
1: it's... in your favour though, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah you, you know the quality doesn't stand for itself. I need.
1: Do to you want to share a joke now or?
0: No, do not. No, need ten years, mate. You know. Yeah. You know. <clears> going, oh, do you know this is <laughs> our tenth year? What doing podcasting? We're knowing each other. No, no Oh each other.
1: yeah, we should do something special, shouldn't we? Like twenty
0: twelve. So I remember. The could take
1: me or... out for a meal or something. You could
0: well, all right i just send you some money if you need it and you
1: can... oh can you do that yeah, Have a yeah, yeah. i need to get paid anyway this is the d trout spinners podcast with your friends miles pennell and gary Forrestal. it says yes, it's, it's a special
0: what... day oh sorry i'm sorry sorry it's Isaac, all right no a special day because it's not a normal show day alert if you do not like the way we don't do a normal show then tune out now this yeah. is
1: an interview. Oh, who are we interviewing?
0: Oh, <laughs> my... Steve Taylor. Who's Steve Taylor, yeah. Gary? Well, you'll find out, won't you, if you listen to the show. <laughs> that's, that's teasing them, see. To Steve... Taylor was a DJ, basically, back in the time when Gervais was a DJ at XFM. So they knew each other. He even appeared on one of the shows. If you're an Uber fan, if you know all the shows forensically, you may remember Steve Taylor. Miles just told me it was Series 1, Episode 7. He comes into the studio and they talk to him. So that's who we're interviewing today. Yeah,
1: he was 10 years uh, during XFM. He was there during the early days. He obviously worked with Ricky, Stephen Carr, so very much looking Forward to finding out. He's called the man with the knowledge. He's a bit of a muso So looking forward to getting his opinions on both music and working in radio more generally. Um oh, are you
0: reading this? I, I while was, was, like you're reading.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm not on this time. Anyway, um how my week's been good. Cheers, Gary, for asking. It's
0: not even a joke. He does that normally. <laughs> I, I of course I was gonna ask. Well Lamar let me just you know, come yep. in and say uh, how are you doing? Yeah, and that good. is so, a horrible <laughs> question. I don't want a full answer.
1: <laughs> Three anecdotes. Anecdote <laughs> one: <laughs> saw a man eat a whole orange on the tube. He sat down. He had his mask on. He had a, a freshly peeled. I think it was a satsuma, the humble satsuma, and um, just. Oh, I did. He didn't like segment that. it out. He just whacked it yeah. all in one.
0: Well, I guess when you're in the tube, because what I do is I I. I don't just rip off the skin I I get in the middle you know like a packet of cigarettes and it's got that little bit and you, you little little strip round so I, and then I take off the top and the bottom sort of halves and they're not halves cuz they've got a bit strip <laughs> And then I put them both down and then I split the uh, satsuma into halves and I put one half. There's always a bigger and a smaller one. So I put the smaller where if I've got, as I start eating, I put the into the smaller one. And the bigger where I haven't ate yet, I put that in the big one. Then I've got two little, two little plates, two little plates for satsumas. And I, and I, just, <laughs> and that's what, yeah, I just swap them over sometimes. And then that's just, you know, that will catch on if you say <laughs> Barry Forrestal did that and other times I'd be like Satsuma's up 91% I, th- I thought daily. what you
1: were going to say is when I open the packet of cigarettes I tip them up and I just pop them all in my mouth at the same no, time no
0: cigarettes yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, no but Satsuma's that is a good deal tip you can get two little half two little cups two little plates still you talking them, about Satsuma's yeah, not, not practical yeah well you've bought it up <laughs> Anecdote number two. Do that on the tube, so I would eat it in whole. So that's that's would fine. You? I just like the pips, maybe if the pips.
2: Haven't...
1: Anecdote number two. Uh, Valentine's Day is approaching. Gary, what are you more sad about? The fact that you don't have to spend money. On... It never works <laughs> on...
2: that
0: anecdote because he said you're not. You should say, "What well, are you happier than that, or are you sad? Are you happy?" It didn't work the way he said it. I would "Yeah, I would like, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy." Get a pizza, about pizza. They, do, they, do a special, they do special pizza deals from that day. So I'll get i guess it's eat the pizzas myself.
1: <laughs> you,
0: how Best is food. the
1: uh did you how was the chicken Big Mac, by the way? Gary sent me a text oh. earlier in the week and he said, Um, I'm so excited, can't wait to place this order and try the new chicken Big Mac.
0: I said, I say tell you what I said. Incidentally, I will be absolutely destroying a chicken Big Mac tomorrow, so much Ill, so that it'll die a second time as I devour with the mania of a savage, unsocial socialised beast of a man getting chipped too
1: and that's just one of his jokes that he's doing tonight on the chortle student comedy awards
0: yeah <laughs> uh, i'm going to be getting to, go to australia no you, you can pick well you asked me how chicken move it was a bit disappointing the chicken kind of as oh. i was like a bit into the chicken once it kind of slid like it was like a like a shiny felt like oh. It was too, it was a mass, like little. It's hard to explain, it didn't feel like a chicken texture should be. You did a good s- description
1: that... when you were talking about the Satsuma, so I was expecting a more eloquent response. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, you know, so far I've given the two pretty bloody eloquent responses to your anecdotes. The chicken Big Mac, yeah, disappointing. I wouldn't go, go there again, get a normal Big Mac, or the, as they're doing at the moment, a double Big Mac with wow. four patties.
1: Do you know what, though? Never got it with the Big Mac. Why? Why are you just bulking that shit out with bread? What's is that the impressive thing about it? Is that the popular thing? Is the bread?
0: No, they don't. No, I don't know. It's the sauce, I think. The sauce coming out of the sauce.
1: But so they just sell the sauce then. If that's the special part of it, just say, I can buy a vat of sauce. So-. Do you know what? Actually, do you know the sauce I want to buy the most? Do you know like a crappy kebab takeaway shop, right? But the curry sauce, and it's always the same. Well, it's all usually the same in every single kebab house you go in. The chili sauce, mate.
0: No, I don't see so you like chilli sauce. You like chilli crisps when we're together. I don't really... Yeah, yeah. The sauce I like is tartar sauce. A really good tartar sauce. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. That, that was uh, that was sauce time on... Uh, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> yeah, um,
1: also, anecdote number three. So that was two. The third one Um, is... Uh, I went to karaoke last night, Gary. I went to a, a chain of Lucky Voice, which was in Soho, London. And it's we like had when, two hours booked.
0: It's like when your wife sort of... Or your, your husband sort of kills five prostitutes what? you had no idea you didn't know him you thought you knew him, but you didn't know him. he, he, he was a killer because it's like you with this singing because you're doing the choir now you did i oh, know you do like a bit of karaoke actually with your sister but i'm surprised you went to karaoke and why um, what did you sing yeah, uh, mate.
1: Did I sing? I took what the house think? down. If there was an audience there, I would have got a
0: yeah.
1: raving applause, a standing ovation, and roses thrown at of me. Of lunchtime, of
0: a lunchtime, yeah. of course. Yeah, what, what, um, what did you sing?
1: No, no. Do you know what? Oh. Oasis never came up because I feel like I sing them too much anyway. But I take it as an opportunity to exercise my West End wings. And uh, there was one time I was singing such with a, my friends. Who...
0: Actually, he's a darling, Miles. You know, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I was singing with my
1: friend um she can actually sing she's done like music videos and stuff so I was singing with her and they had Dear Evan Hansen on there and you know Les Miserables and uh, Moulin Rouge and we were sort of singing it together and as we were singing we were like looking at each other's eyes like we know what bit's coming up next and going into it and it was just I felt like I was flying.
0: pregnant now or did (laughs) anything happen?
1: No, 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 no. It was all safe <laughs> PC fun. But, um, oh, is
0: that some, like, why do birds carpenters? Is that, I can imagine you singing. That, it was that, pretty much like
1: we were like Karen and the brother, and one extra
0: okay. one, but I put him into the <laughs> I'd like, I do, I do Karen, I'd do the drum, and I'd do the... <laughs> it's no, that. Was, okay, so that was, um, that's good. Well, we've got rid of our audience now, so they've got enough. <laughs> <good, yeah. laughs> progressively so we can just interview Steve without you know
1: and we'll do that and then when we come back at the end we've got a little bit of XFM in the community for you and I think that's it that will take us up won't it
0: yeah enjoy so Mars we have a very special guest with us today (laughs) can you guess who it is i can because i know yeah. oh you do know actually let me tell you he is a variously a dj a professor well a, a, a lecturer a dean of northampton university he's an author well, used
2: to be used to be
0: used, he used to be um still, that's, that's, still Good that's still impressive um he is he is the man with the knowledge he is steve taylor
2: oh Ooh. <laughs> it's
0: like steve right isn't it
2: i was gonna say it all went a little bit kind of um steve Ooh. Wright and the afternoon gang or whatever they were called <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. for a moment
0: there he's my do um, you like factoids do you like
2: <laughs> Just i <some> love a <laughs> i can't get <laughs> yeah. enough of them
0: right no steve steve seriously thanks for uh thanks for doing this we really appreciate it and um you've had a fascinating career so we would like to sort of pick your brains a bit and um yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. need to ask a question at that point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's good, good start. Um, let's say you're at the moment, Steve, as we say, you are dean.
2: Of... I I used to be dean at Northampton University. I've now I'm now dean at Warwickshire College and University Centre. So I've worked at about three different universities basically. Right. So uh, and that's I was, I was in West London when I did XFM, and I kind of held down two things simultaneously ish and then I went to Northampton and now I'm in Warwickshire which is kind of where I live really
0: But we should say you, you did work kind of with Steve, Ricky and Carl not directly necessarily but you were actually on one of the shows, you were in the studios because you worked yeah. for XFM 1998 to 2008, am I right
2: about that? Sounds, yeah I think so. Though.
0: So just wondered how did you get into radio in the beginning and what, what got oh, you into it?
2: That's an interesting story actually, I'm glad you asked me that one because it's, it's one of the stories hmm. I like to tell, oh, uh, cool. there may be others later <laughs> on I don't like to tell yeah. and I'll suddenly go very <laughs> quiet. No, this one. Um, when I was a youngster, um, I used to, this is up in Coventry, um, I used to DJ and I got into doing quizzes and I used right. to present quizzes, and there was this particular sort of student-based pub in Coventry called uh, the Sir Colin Campbell, which in its day was legendary. He used to have bands on it that kind of stuff. In fact, I started putting bands on there at one point. That's another story. So I used to do this quiz, and uh, one night there's a kind of a guy hanging around at the bar who wouldn't normally be there, and he's knocking them back. And at the end of the night, I kind of just chatting to him and sort of packing away, and he went, so, so, quite good, to- I- I- say, yeah, you know." I thought it was, uh, it was all right, fast. Well, thanks, thanks very much, you know. Um, yeah. Trying to kind of you know back away, and yeah, yeah. Um, he said, I, "I work on the radio, you know." And I said, "Oh, do you?" And I suddenly then I thought, well, "I'm interested now." And He was a guy called Steve, and I can't remember his surname, which is probably quite handy because it's probably the first thing I'll say to them, which is possibly potentially libelous. But anyway, so <laughs> yeah. so he essentially said, um, "No, he says I work on radio. I work on a station called Radio Harmony." And Radio Harmony was um, uh, what was called an incremental community radio station in Coventry. Right. Um, so, this is going back to 1994, five. Five, something right. like that. So, anyway, so he said this, and, and uh, I said, Oh, well, I've, I've, really, I've, I've been interested in radio. You know, and it'd, be, it'd be good to know. He said, Well, do you want to come down and, and see that? I said, Yeah, of course I do. He said, OK, well, here's my number. So anyway, the next day I thought, I'm gonna, I'll phone this guy, I'll phone him. So I phoned this uh, fella up and said, uh, when can I come down? He said, oh, a bit of a change of plan, mate. He said, sorry about that. He said, I'm leaving. I'm leaving town, which you know to this day sounds a bit suspicious, doesn't it? like Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that, he'd, in that he'd, been, he'd been knocking back the drinks. I see him yeah. just that about, and so say, "So I'm leaving." So I went, "Oh, okay. Well, thanks anyway. Bye." And then I came yeah. off the phone and I thought, "Well, hang on a second. If he's leaving, there must be a gap." Yeah. So I phoned the station, I phoned the station manager and I said, uh, so I was talking to your bloke, blah, 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 Steve, you know, And um, he, he thought I was quite good. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, is, is there a show going? So this guy says, well, come down and see us, bring, bring down a demo tape. So uh, I thought, okay, this is going somewhere what's demo tape um so so yeah. I went I went sort of back home and kind of um you know set up the turntables and a kind of a recording setup and stuff not in any way in the league of what we're using today now where we can just kind of click on a button and we've got a whole mm, thing going yeah, on yeah. um so I kind of put together what I thought was a demo tape some links a bit of music and that kind of stuff went down to Radio Harmony in Coventry spoke to the guy who was the managing director a guy called Suresh Joshi talking to him and uh had to listen to the tape and he said yep yeah, That sounds okay. Do you want to start tonight? (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh
2: my god. That was literally it. Yeah. So uh, I said, um, yeah. That must have been I've, a
0: bloody good demo tape, I must say. I, do, <laughs> I, can, I can only I here. can only imagine
2: the quality. No, I suspect it was more to do with the fact that it was kind of like um I've got nobody to cover that slot. Uh all yeah. will do. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: um
2: so essentially, um, yes, yeah, so I, I literally went in, watched what they were doing. And they said, Um, come down tonight. There'll be the guy will be on before you is a guy called Kenny B uh kenny b does the reggae show uh, and i'd be what i was doing was the overnight so the reggae show was on i don't know sort of, you know till about 11 o'clock or something or midnight and then i was on after that so i went in he said oh Ke- kenny will show you the, the the you know the desk and how it works and everything uh so i went down saw kenny earlier on kenny wasn't really that interested in showing me the desk i mean he's, he's a he's a lovely bloke but he was doing his reggae show do you know what i mean he had a certain yeah. vibe in the studio mm. there was a certain yes, vibe yes, a certain yes. scent a certain uh, yes. thing, and so and so essentially, yeah. So he finishes, and I'm kind of thinking, well, like, this has got to just be like DJ, oh hasn't it, God. with your little disco equipment? So I went and I and I started the show, and I started with unfinished sympathy. Uh, by Massive Attack because I loved Very the intro soft. that kind of the um, yeah. you know the album version has got that fantastic little kind of the intro
1: it's yeah, yeah.
2: yeah superb. so um so that I started with that came out of the news started with that then I played the four tops still water because because the Quite thing about the vibe community...
1: change from...
2: yeah <laughs> from but it, I kind of tried it out and I thought yeah that'll fade out and then this will fade in and then just carried on from there so I never got any proper training in doing radio Thing about community radio station is that it was a really really radical one actually harmony because it was it was multilingual so during the day they'd actually have shows that were in hindi you know they're actually um uh, indian language shows during the day with um english language shows uh, interspersed uh, and then i got to do these overnights and after i don't know a few months a year or something like that um, i managed to kind of get my own show where i was able to play whatever i wanted and that then ultimately kind of turned into a cl- a show called the shift uh, which was an indie and alternative um, show. Uh, the station got bought out by another company, and um, I got a bit of radio training. Then when the new company came along, and I then did a, an alternative radio show for quite two, three years or something like that. Uh, late on a Sunday night, got in, involved with the kind of the live scene in Coventry, putting some bands on, doing battle of the bands type things. And then when XFM started, I thought, yeah, I want to go there. And so, yeah, got got in touch and and sent another demo tape, which I had a bit more knowledge of at that point uh, and got the gig on XFM. That's amazing.
1: So you cut your teeth on obviously those community stations, which is like a lot of uh, DJs start that way, don't they? I think like, Greg James, uh, like Chris Moyle's, like I think a lot of yeah, people I think start he did. that yeah. way, don't they? Yeah. Did you just literally get in touch with XFM, or did you have any yeah. talks? How d-
2: no. So, so the so the way the XFM thing worked is that I wasn't in London. Obviously, I was up in Coventry. I was at university, I was being a student. You know, I wasn't really that aware of all the kind of the, the prehistory of it, you know, as where you need to speak to John Kennedy for all of that stuff, you know. But essentially I was aware of its existence. I came down to London, was driving around and um was listening to it, and thinking this is this is fantastic. Uh I thought I'd get in touch with them. Uh, this would have been sort of tail end October night. So October ninety seven, shortly after they've gone on air and all of that kind of thing. So um got in touch with them and was booked to have a phone call with um with Fraser, uh, Fra- Fraser, Fraser, yeah, Fraser, who's the uh, the head of music there. And I remember speaking to him, phoning him from Oxford. I remember I went to kind of like a music event in Oxford or something. I remember phoning him from a phone box there. And they said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we like the tape. We like what you're doing. We'd like you to come and do a show for us. And then they gave me the seven till nine slot uh, Monday oh, wow. to Thursday and Saturday, six till 10. So I was doing Monday to thirty-seven till 9, yeah. Saturday, yeah. 6 till 10. And I've only, I, afterwards, um, there was, there was something that got published or something like that talking about, uh, it was like a DJ of the week type thing they used to do on XFM. This is when a few years later on, and it was kind of like, we'll do a bit of a profile and they'd done a, brief you note know, this week, Steve Taylor, you know, they'd done all the better people. And it's all, oh, we're just raving about no. Steve Taylor. <laughs> and I remember it said something about, you know, uh, the XFM management team or something said, we were driving around and we heard this guy on air and we thought, he sounds good. And so I thought, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that bit. So I think when I contacted them, they sort of already knew my show because I think they'd heard it. Now there was another guy, there was another guy in XFM called Mark Sheldon who was in Derby and he was doing a similar thing to me in Derby doing like his own alternative show. And I think both myself and Mark and possibly there were a couple of others were doing alt music shows around the country. And I think the XFM caps knew who they were looking for they knew they had the london lot and i suppose they thought there's a few of these kind of shows going on out in the uh, provinces (laughs) (laughs) and so if they ever get in touch maybe we'll be interested so yes i can't got the impression that when i sent the thing down there they kind of because there weren't many you know, you talk in mid 90s, yeah. even though it was kind of, you know, you, you got the whole Britpop thing had gone off and all that kind of thing, there still weren't many shows on radio where yeah. you would hear. I mean, God, you know, I remember Kix96 allowing me to play Radiohead on a Saturday afternoon when I covered a Saturday afternoon <laughs> show. When the Benz came out, I played just on air. Kix96 used to be played kind of all in the shopping, uh, you know, the, all the shops around, around Coventry. And, and I used to think to myself, hey, I'm sitting here playing Radiohead at yeah, the yeah. shoppers of Coventry when they're yeah. used to hearing Yeah, what yeah. Whatever, I don't know. Yeah, just, Pop music of, of okay. some description that was quite horrid. So, yeah, so there was not a lot. So, so you know, so when XFM started, I think there was a, probably quite easy to think, well, we, we know that there's, there's other people around the country, but there's not many of them. So had there been more talented people than me out there, I would never have gone to XFL. <laughs> oh, it's just that okay. there was it's, only a few of us. It sounds yeah. like
1: you've got that, that sort of, that hunger though, kind of married quite nicely with the ethos and philosophy of the station, you know, being such a muso as you clearly are and coming from, you know, just literally just being jumped straight into the deep end at radio it kind of worked quite nicely with the way xfm was run certainly when uh, i never listened to the station live but obviously we're big fans of the ricky stephen Carl show but you get a sense that it was all very kind of DIY homemade the just fact just that you didn't, and a bit have, the fact
0: you didn't have that professional training back mm. when you started on the community radio I can imagine wasn't a, an issue at all to XFM they just the one is this guy's a quality guy he can talk he's, good, he's got a great taste of music that's all they They didn't care about the technical skills would you, that... yeah, I,
2: yeah I think so yeah I've thought about this because I, I started teaching radio as well and these kind of things mm. you know and I did it so, so for me and I also wrote about it so I did I, I didn't yeah. Kind of a chapter in an academic book and those kind of things, you know, so around at radio. But yeah, it sort of. I mean, I think that I'd been doing talking with a microphone out in pubs and stuff for for a few years, and I say even putting together quizzes and those kind of things was great because you had to interact with an audience in a pub. You know, so you're doing a little, and of course, it was student type pubs. You know, you had like a good laugh and it could be a little bit kind of close to the bone and that kind of stuff. So that was that was a good grounding. But yeah, you're right. When I got to community radio thing, I sort of became self-taught. You know, I kind of you know when Radio Harmony got bought out by this this station kicks 96 there was a guy there called graham torrington who was the um program controller now graham uh, i think he's still doing radio probably i think Controller. he came in as part of the whole kind of kicks uh 96 kind of team if you like and that he was the first person to sit down with me and do an air check you know because an air check used to be every time you open the microphone in the studio it would start a cassette recording mm. so you didn't get, get all of the music in between you just got the the time when yeah. the mic was open and i remember him sitting there and, and um he was going through it and i remember the very first thing he did me said uh, a okay, case so you've come out of the new there and i remember the track i was playing aztec camera somewhere in my heart you know it's got that oh, okay. dun, 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 mm. dun. pretty great intro you know um yeah. and i thought i'd kind of you know come off the, the the back of the news top of the hour imager into that track uh and he said oh, you know you could drive a bus through that steve you know you need <laughs> uh... to be sharp you need to be tighter so he kind of do that stuff and then he'd say you know well when you're doing a link you know you should be doing like 30 40 second link tops or something like that you should be making sure that say the name of the station every single time, get a local reference in, you know, it's 13 degrees on the Coventry ring road, you know, the chemist is rocking today, you know, that kind of stuff. So, you know, he did all this stuff with me and it was, um, it was great because what happened was I started off with this kind of just kind of flexible kind of, yeah, it's me. I'm doing it like I'm doing a pub and that kind of stuff. And I gradually got the professional bit kind of built into me. Now, interestingly, when I got to XFM, I did my first show on a Saturday afternoon and I was leaving the building at the end of the show thinking, I think that's gone. Okay. Four hour show. Fantastic. (laughs) I'm here. I'm in London. Yay. And I was walking out and I, and we used to be on the sort of second floor, I think in the, in the, in the Charlotte street building. And I walked down some stairs anyway. And on the next floor down was the, uh, the office of Sammy Jacob. Yeah. Sammy Jacob was the managing director at this point. Let's not do any libelous stuff. What, were you, sitting... what yeah. you were
0: saying about him off air, I could not believe what you were saying about him Let me just say uh, yeah. what, uh, the, he did that with, in a tank of fish as well. The
2: with the yeah, shark birding. and the kind of the, the te- yeah. television out the window. And yeah. the... Oh, no, sorry, that was Led Zeppelin. Yeah, no, but it was.
0: <laughs> but, so, but I'm sorry, yeah, Sammy yeah. Jacobs.
2: No, he's, no, he's great. He was great, Sammy. I mean, absolutely fantastic. I mean, absolute kind of visionary with what he did. But so you yeah. sitting there. So I'm, I, I'm walking past the office. And I'm thinking, well, there's Sammy. He's given me the job, he's in. Um, so I kind of, you know, gently kind of pushed the door open and he's sitting behind his big desk in front of a window. Sammy, how did that go? And he kinda of looked like I was kinda of bothering him, you know. And he sort of said, Well <laughs> he said, No, that was that's fine, Steve. I thought well, that's not bad. He said just one thing. He said, just <sighs> because the, the strapline was London's only alternative, which I loved as a strapline. It was that's the greatest great. strapline in the world. And, I, yeah. and he said, just he said, just stop saying that every link. Just stop saying it every link. And I thought, hang on, that's the, that's the opposite. It. That's the opposite advice I've been given by Graham Torrington <laughs> in corporate radio land. Because, you know, there it was all about the brand, the brand, the brand. And for Sammy, it was like, no, no, no. The brand is, if people are listening, they're listening because mm. they already know who we are. Yeah, Don't yeah, keep yeah. telling them because that yeah. just irritates them yeah so for him it was always the music is first the station I suppose is second as like a um, as a culture as a community I think and the presenter was third you know yeah. that was the way it didn't mean that he didn't want presenters personality but what he didn't want is he didn't want that whole smashy and nicey um, yeah. <laughs> you know dare, dare I say it he, I don't think Sammy would have taken on Chris Moyles in a million years no. um, who of course is at Radio X now because Chris Moyles would have been the antithesis of of everything that sammy wants it you
0: know chris chris today is a little bit he's a bit more mellow i think he's a bit more natural sounding Mm. but yeah i do. i know what you mean back then with comedy dave in those days but you could obviously talk a good game you could talk that's the bit that's hard to teach or impossible to teach you just needed to add the technical skills you know and you eventually got that but i get the sense that although this it was for the station music was important obviously with the ricky gervais show they're sort of the chat became important but to you personally even if that hadn't been the ethos of the station music is very very important to you in your life and career is that would that be fair to say
2: absolutely yeah always you know music down the line and, and I've kind of um and I, I go through those phases everybody goes through as they grow up you know and so I was a goth when I was 17 or whatever but really even though I was a goth I secretly really liked disco you know, it was yeah. kind of that was the stuff I really well, liked. and I like and I liked the soft rock um, yeah. and, you know, I was a big fan of, you know, of, of Fleetwood Mac and um, Steely oh, Dan and the Eagles. So, yeah, I'll, ste- I'll Steely I'll at the gods. Steely Dan have solved popular music. They did it in 1977 <laughs> with AHRL yeah. album, and nobody really has had to do anything since then because it was solved by the dance in seven
0: that's the best comment Miles clip that we're going to play play that
2: <laughs> somewhere,
0: I, lo- I love that that's
2: brilliant yeah no it was you know, whatever the problem was with popular music they solved it they um, solved but- it but but essentially yeah i mean i loved i loved all that west coast um soft rock really uncool which now it gets to, it gets called yacht rock today doesn't it you know and, and sort has got a coolness about it loved disco i loved a bit of everything really the only stuff i never liked i didn't like stuff that was um felt like you kind of uh, n- knew what the idea was you know it was kind of like it was just cashing in on something so i didn't mm, care yeah. what the genre was i loved reggae as well i loved all of that yeah so so yeah i've always loved that so so getting to xfm was brilliant because that original xfm station although people tend to think of it as being indie and brit pop and all those kind of things actually the people who work there uh, yeah they love some of that stuff as well but really the the music taste you know that the range of music taste was was huge you know just yeah, like yeah, it was yeah. when you worked in a record store because people who are into music don't really care about the genres and they don't really care about the the haircuts no, and the yeah. record label you know they just what they just want good music which has kind of got, uh, got something in it you know that that yeah. is um, is real and, and kind of moves you in some way. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Did and you have
0: did you have autonomy? Oh, did you have control over what you played, or did they say to you, "Well, okay, you can play that and that because you put a bit of that in as well." That or did they just say, "You go for it and you play whatever you want"?
2: It, it, sort of, yeah. So the so the the evening show was seven till nine. Now, in radio, and you still get it now, but I mean, you used to get it back then as well, you had the playlist kind of set up. Mm. Um, so you'd have yeah. your A-list tracks, your B-list tracks, and then maybe in the evening, they might kind of like a C-list or something. I mean, every radio station would have a slightly different um, setup for it. But, you know, the way they would rotate it is, you know, your, your A-list would generally be a, um, a small number of tracks, um, so let's say let's say, 10 or 11 tracks on the A-list, and you'd play three of those every hour. So that meant that every fourth hour, you're going to hear the same songs coming around again. So, you know, you got that thing. So they're they're your biggest songs at the moment. B-list is a little bit longer, maybe a few less. So in other words, it takes longer for that to kind of circulate around during the day. Maybe those tracks get played twice a day or something and, and that kind of thing. So, xfm was no different in the sense that it had a playlist and actually i before this i dug out the playlist for the the week that i started so i can tell you a bit about that but essentially the the way the playlist works i can't remember exactly but i would have been given seven till nine on a monday night let's say and they would have said right in that steve you got to play three a-list tracks two b-list tracks the rest of it's down to you so yeah so you'd have um so in an hour what you're going to get 13 or 14 songs in an hour Obviously, depending on the length, so let's say about nearly half is playlisted, and the other half is is yours. Now, as you'd go, you know, you get to John Kennedy's show or Keith Cameron's show uh, at night or whatever, and they would have been um, pretty much free choice. I think the playlist was stopped for them. Um, yeah. So during the day, there'd be a higher rate of playlist tracks. And then as you got into the evening, it would kind of sell down a little bit. But do you want to know what was on the playlist? That fun I'd first? love
0: to. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing you did so, that out.
2: So this was the playlist then. There's 22 on the A list and 12 okay. on the B list. So this was the 9th of January, 1998. Wow. Yeah? wow. So this is the week <laughs> that I started. Um, you've got on it Faith No More, Good. Puff Daddy and the Family, who thought? Yeah. <laughs> Who would <laughs> have thought? So this is the days before he's P. Diddy. Yeah. He's got more yeah, vowels yeah. going on back then. Yeah. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> and and this is these, I don't know if you remember, it's a great song, actually. It was it was it's all about the Benjamins, and he did it with Dave Grohl, because it was Dave Grohl, and I think um I think Latirix is on there and those kind of things as well. It's a really great track out there. Then there's a band called oh, Wireless oasis is there the unbelievable oh. truth ian brown warm jets feeder the lilies gus gus i think they're icelandic one of my favorite bands asian dub foundation were on there free Sat pal okay. ram was on the a-list spiritualized rugby band from just up the road from where i am now earl brutus garage land propeller heads burner butler oh, wow. stereophonics high llamas seafood and <laughs> the Verve are on there and then on the b list you've got bands i don't even remember the high birds uh yeah. or laptop are on there uh with a glitter box marion remember marion they were kind of a kind of a sort of sort of yeah non-league brit pop band green day carter oh, yeah. dawn of the replicants uh the blue tones are on there as well so yes yeah, so you can see that was the playlist Very um, yeah <laughs> well, i'll be honest it's...
1: with you i know about 20 percent of
0: those people yeah I'm, I'm, me <laughs> oh, half yeah half of
1: that
2: uh, no, absolutely and i that think that's what's interesting about it is you, you kind of look back at um the facts in a way isn't it you kind of go this this has got the, the the image of what it was but that, that's the fact of it so um so you know so, so yeah puff that is on there, pearl jams on there oasis are on there stereophonics are on there so some of the more kind of i'd say more mainstream stuff mm. uh, and then kind of a, a whole range of um of, of indie bands that maybe shone brightly for sort of six months 18 mm. months or something and then disappeared
1: it's a really exciting time for music and you must like that 90s era you must have seen so many incredible bands being you know a young a young man in in london and really embracing the culture and clearly you're immersed in it in the station anyway you must who were some of your most memorable gigs (gasps)
2: Oh, there's some, some great gigs um I'll tell you my favorite story I think my favorite xfM story was um do you remember the the Brian Jonestown massacre They're still around now Brian So they were they were the band that were kind of like they um they were the main competition for the dandy warhols they were kind of there was a right. there's a great there's a great documentary which everybody should watch called dig dig is about the um the dandy Warhols versus the Brian Jonestown massacre and it, kind of their their history but anyway so the Brian Jonestown massacre had come to London probably Maybe the first or second time they'd come and toured, and they come down, done a session, uh, not for me, but for somebody else, and I'd been around um, at the time, and uh, they'd finished, and they said, "Right, we get, we're going out, we going we, we want to go out in London or whatever, you know, you've got to come with us, Steve." So, okay, I'm going, I'll go with <laughs> the band, so, yeah, let's do that. So cool. jump, jump, jumped into the cabs or whatever they got there, and we headed down to this this club of somewhere in central London, and um, we get to the doors kind of queue there and uh, so we're we're the brian dernstein mascot we're from um, portland oregon that's where they're either portland i think yeah um you know we want to come in and they're like we've never heard of you and he said oh we've got this guy with us you know i said steve it's steve i steve What's steve xfm steve taylor yeah you can come in and i was like yeah okay that's (laughs) yeah perks of the job i got got this really cool american band into a club yeah like, like you know nice little stories like that I remember the uh at N to X was another band who were kind of around that time kind of electronic i remember them phoning the studio when I was in air in Charlotte Street mm. and saying, We've got our we've got our new track. We've got our new track. Do you want to play it on the radio? And it's uh yeah, okay, just drop it in then, you know. Uh, no, 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 we're outside now. Look look oh, out really? the window. We're in the car across the road. We've got it. Do you <laughs> want it? Yeah. So put a longest track on so I can run down the two flights of stairs and open the front door, take the kind of, I don't know, it would have been a CDR or something off them and can um, yeah. play on the air. So it's great, you're able to say, add end to exit, just turned up outside, they're in the car, <laughs> here's the new single they've just finished making. <laughs> yes. Just wouldn't have and happened it.
1: now, would it? Just would not
0: happen now. No,
2: and that, that, was, that, was kind of, that was quite a nice one, but um, yeah.
0: What was, because you've talked a lot about the playlist and um so passionate about it as well which is great to hear but who sort of decided was it just down to sammy jacobs like on a whim what bands he fancied or were there different people deciding because it's just interesting you read out the playlist it's so Mm. diverse i wonder what mind thought of that
2: um a crazy mind yeah no no um essentially (laughs) um it was there was a playlist committee so the way it worked again this would have been uh fraser fraser Lurie, um, mm-hmm. fantastic fella absolutely knows news music inside out and he was the head of music for the original xfm this is all before we went to capital so essentially um he was head of music so he would share the music playlist panel. So I was in the room, Gary Crowley, Claire Sturgis, Ian Camfield. (laughs) Uh, There's a photo I've got of me sitting next to Ricky and Gary, and I'm pretty (laughs) certain it was in a music committee. So they must have even let Gervais be on the music committee. Uh. Probably an error, but um, yeah. whether he just kind of he might have just said, "I'm coming in." Stumbled
0: in, in. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming
2: in regardless. <laughs> so the daytime was what Paul Anderson was doing breakfast when I got there. Gary Crowley, I love Gary Crowley so much. He's mm, huge, he isn't a, he? Absolute national treasure. He was doing the mid-mornings. Claire, who I also love, uh, was doing the, um, the the sort of lunchtime show. Then Ian Camfield, who I can't abide. No, no, I t- I speak to Ian. All of I don't speak. To, I don't. I don't speak to him. But he's he's over in the states now, doing his Ian Campfield thing. Ian and I are constantly at each other on social media. <laughs> Had a real go at me the other day because Meatloaf died, and he never thought oh. that I would paid enough respect to the bat out of hell out. <laughs> Because I think I must have said to him at one time, "Yeah, it's all right, you know." Yeah. Uh, but he <laughs> yeah, didn't yeah. like that, you know. Um, he's a, he's a, also a fellow uh, dancer. He he loves Steely Dan as well. because so. oh, okay. Ian Camford, of course, did the rock show and all that kind of stuff. So Ian and yeah. I, yeah, we had a we we had a, uh, we, we had a, a great relationship. at XFF actually. Really, you know, so always used to be on sort of similar times. i will be on. Before. Anyway, so so he did the afternoons. Then I did the the early evening. Then it was Keith Cameron, who was an NME writer. At the time right. um and a, a brilliant music journalist still is I think he writes for mojo and stuff he was in the evenings and then john kennedy at the end of the day right who's um, still and that there was now. Your kind of data yes he's the ravens who, who can't leave the tower of london um, and he was there right when the station started wasn't he right the rsls the reading yeah. festival and everything john kennedy it's
0: amazing team. longevity for one oh, astonishing. person
2: yeah. and one yeah amazingly i think the playlist committee for memory was made up of the daytime folks and Fraser was the kind of had the casting vote, if you like, you know, because it, so we'd, we'd get this stuff and we'd, we'd play it and we'd have kind of, you know, what what do we reckon to it, should it go on the playlist, should it be A-list, should it be B-list, those kind of things. But, you know, so we had all those kind of strange kind of arguments Um because, you know, what it, that, that came down to sort of what was the, the spirit of XFM, mm. you know, was it, was it the blue tones? Or was it this other stuff and actually it was a bit of both you know and so, yeah so trying to kind of carve a playlist out of that was was was, was quite tricky but um yeah but that, that's how it worked really it was a it was a sort of a an anarcho-democratic syndicate uh, <laughs>
0: i am using that i'm using that in the future <laughs> life an anarcho-democratic syndicate what was
1: the the culture at the station like? certainly during those those early days because i've I've just got such a my imagination goes wild and what I want it to be, you know, just crazy. Yeah, like,
0: I can't imagine of... being at a meeting. Like, I can't imagine. Yeah. Like, is that, yeah. what What was that like? with?
2: Yeah, with so, Masters? yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of skipping around the edges of I me. Mean. So Ricky Gervais, right. Okay, so, so he was, yeah. as you will know, he was the head of speech. Yeah. Just leave that one down for yeah.
0: moment. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in
2: itself, that's, that wins the Turner Prize, doesn't it? So, so, so Ricky Gervaisio was head of speech. So it, it, my interactions with him during the week, if you like, because that's when he was doing his serious job because um, he'd do his own show at the weekend. Um, but he yeah. was, during the day, he was part of, I'm guessing he was part of the management team. All of these things make no sense when you put the words it's crazy, together. But yeah. but, <laughs> so, so essentially he um, looked after the shows, I think uh, from Gary Crowley through claire through Ian to me i think that was it so i think he was sort he was sort of the producer of all of those four shows um so during the day um or you know if I was on you know if the, if the door opened the studio a bit you'd, you you could guarantee you would hear his laugh somewhere in the building yeah. you know you're kind of you know you know that laugh he does that kind <laughs> yeah, of yeah. you know And so you'd always hear that, so he'd always be around and you knew he was approaching because the laugh would be getting uh, louder or whatever. Um, Yeah, and most of his time, he was kind of just making sure everybody was having the greatest time, I think really. I think I've heard a lot of people talk about when he makes his TV shows and films and those kind of things, how he spends the entire time just making people laugh and and trying to put them off, you know, and that's exactly what he did on the radio as well. So, you know, so he's head of speech, but you know, that, that entailed sometimes me opening the microphone to to, to do a link, which, you know, this is a sacrosanct moment in radio, (laughs) if you open the mic, the red light goes on, and everybody outside goes, you know, the the person on at the moment is about to do something. Absolutely astonishing. <laughs> They're yeah. going to. So we need to make sure that nothing, you know, puts them off. And that would be Ricky's cue to come in and put you off. Um, yeah. So you know, he, so he, he come, I remember. Out. I remember coming in. He printed something off the internet, which was just disgusting, and thought it'd be good. <laughs> to, you know, so here I am, back to a link. So just, look. And you're in the middle of talking and you're just confronted with this disgusting image of the internet um, in the days when the internet was, was, was I don't know is it more is it more disgusting now than it was then I don't know I don't know but anyway um, <laughs> so yeah that Ricky's if you like the, the culture in in the Charlotte street days yeah. very much took its cue I think from not just from Ricky because there was a lot of people there really knew their music really passionate about the music lots of conversations about. It. Gigs, have seen yeah. what's going on, and you know those kind of things. But certainly Ricky, when he was in the building, which was, it was most days because he was head of speech, was you know he kind of <laughs> gave it that. You know he'd drop into shows, he you know the, at yeah. the start of the link, and he might kind of just join in the link or something. So he was always there. And I think as a listener, people would have kind of been waiting for for Ricky to just kind of pop up. And of course, hmm. at that point, nobody knew who he was. I mean, he no. wasn't famous at that point before he'd done the eleven, you know, the eleven o'clock show in the office and all that stuff. You know, so and and. And Steve Merchant used to, I think, come in and do the show with him on a Saturday. And I don't think I ever met Steve at XFM. Oh, really? And actually, no, they did a Sunday. That would make sense because I did Saturday night. So I would have got down there and I would have seen, yeah, there was a football show Tony Smith um, from Deceptive Records used to do. Um, uh-huh. With 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 Tim from a band called the Family Cat, yeah. So Ricky, I think, was on a Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday lunchtime, something like that, with Steve. And so I don't think I ever met Steve because he wasn't <laughs> in during the week. Um, so yeah. they and they did that show, and it was probably the, the show that you know everybody at your list director really did kind of. Um, appointment to listen type stuff so mm. yeah
0: that series zero we would like refer to that as kind of yeah their pre-carl days
1: there's a lovely show uh steve <laughs> that we found earlier it's like episode seven of series one i'm sure the listeners will, will know exactly what we're talking about and you come into the studio just oh, <laughs> on bluntly. a handover yeah. link yeah. and ricky's calling you the man with the knowledge and he said yeah. that you look like penfold from danger mouse <laughs> yeah, which, yeah
2: you can see me now i confirm he does <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just a little bit older, Penfold with a beard, so
1: and that lovely, like, that gentle teasing though. It just it just yeah. totally sets the tone of what presumably yeah. that was like working with him.
2: Yeah, I think yeah, the man with the knowledge thing became because <laughs> yeah. that was that was when we would got to capital. Because of course they, because of course when you know when the whole takeover happened, mm. um, and you know we we got called into the, the 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 basement office at Charlotte Street, and Richard Park was sitting. Oh, it's a state you know at the bomb wow. you know because we, we've got this message we got the message to uh, you've all got to come in
0: you
2: know, yeah so yeah. so we all came in and um we were we, we were told to go downstairs so we all went downstairs to the basement and richard park from capital radio seeing in xfm it's like he's oh you know God. like he shouldn't be there you know because it's wow. kind of it's <laughs> like he's capital radio he's smashy and nicey He's yeah. everything that we aren't. you know, we're, we're trying to kill him. We're, yeah. we're trying to kill that, that, radio, you know, yeah. it's like Game of Thrones, you know, it's kind of the, <laughs> I, I can't remember the names of the families now, but it was like, he, he was like the, there and it's kind of, hang on, what's he doing here? Because, you know, Capital Radio was, was, was the pop station and we were, mm. uh, we were anti-radio. That's the way I think that a lot of we, we kind of saw yeah. we doing a lot of us. I can't speak for everybody, my yeah. take on it, you know? And so basically he's there and, uh, you know, he just announced, yeah, we, we've we've bought you. You know, he might as well have said, you know, you, you, that, that's it. We've won you know? yeah. um, so so yeah so you know so the um that day happened and then for the so the next few months where kind of all the sale went through and all that kind of stuff it was mm. gradually people having meetings down at leicester square or whatever which is where you know the, the capital fortress mm. was and we were up on charlotte square This is like game of thrones isn't it um kind yeah. of a, 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 a <laughs> north north london kind of area so yeah and I, I remember ricky going down for his meeting richard park didn't oh end well God. because that because ricky didn't get kept on you know so And there's Richard Park with his finger on the pulse of uh, what's kind of uh, culturally significant. So so basically, that period was lots of people going and speaking to Richard at Capital. I mean, I managed to stay on. They kept kept a few of us on, so myself and Claire and Ian, Paul Anderson, I think. But, you know, Gary Gary Crowley, I think, got offered the middle of the night or something. And he said, no, I'm not going to take that. But mm, yeah. you know That's right Because Gary is Daytime London He's all what London's about You know um, Did you so... keep the
0: same Time slot Saturday No
2: so, so kind of what happened was um, i have been doing that evening show Do you know what It goes back again To that kind of Professionalism thing Doesn't it I, I think the fact That people like myself Ian Claire Because Claire had been At Radio 1 Ian had come up through I think Country Radio And places like that Really interestingly And you know We'd done radio On stations Other than XFM yeah oh, of course mm. John Kennedy was kept as well of course John was kept but essentially the um I think when we got there I think what what Richard Park was looking for and to be fair to him you know he's you know he's he's a really successful radio programmer mm. manager whatever he he wanted a station which I think he saw as a rock station I don't think he saw XFM as what we saw it as he, you know he, he wanted people who could kind of do the corporate thing I suppose say the name of the station do the advertising line that kind yeah. of stuff so when we first got there I think I got given a um, a Saturday night show, maybe a sun something on Sunday. I only had the weekend. I was got taken off the weekdays, so that's where I could start going and do my academic stuff. Basically, okay. Um, okay. So essentially, we, we were given playlists. We didn't get to choose anything at all. They had this this model, which I think was a model brought from Australian radio, because the guy they brought in as a producer had come from Aussie radio, and um, it was like play three songs in a row, then speak then play five songs in a row, then speak three songs, then speak. And what they did as well, because I think they were thinking that this was kind of early days of, I don't know, iTunes or moving towards streaming or something. There was a sense in which um, they wanted you to play the entire song. So, you know, a a track would start, and then it would Mm. be sort of three and a half minutes or something. And the last sort of 20 seconds is the fade. Yeah, yeah. They'd want you to play all the way to the end of the fade before you play the next track. And to me, that? that was... You know, to this day, I think it was just because somebody had this idea that, you know, if you were listening to sort of FM radio and it was yeah. like kind of rock radio, that it was like, respect the music, man. Yeah. Yeah. Play the whole track. And then the yeah. next one comes in. Whereas, of course, for me, the energy of music radio. Yeah. Is talking over some of the music not not over you know you don't kind of talk over the five minute guitar solo of freebird but essentially you know you you would play the whole track and it it took for me it took a lot of the energy away now for about i don't know six months xfm kind of turned into this like very kind of fm rocky type thing lots of complaints went into what's called the radio authority at that point and they were told off And they said, you know, you somehow lost the spirit of what XFM was. You need to look at your music policy again. You need to kind of, you know, move away from this kind of nonsense thing of kind of playing tracks all the way through. And that seemed to be the point where Ricky Gervais came back into the picture. Because I think, I don't know exactly how it happened, but Ricky then got given. We got a new program controller. We started putting some, there's some specialist shows started to emerge again. And so your daytime still stayed more corporate than it had been, but you then had more of these specialist shows. And that's where Ricky then did the show with Steve again. Right. and that became, I think they were the first podcast and that's where the whole, when I was yeah. doing the, you know, the man with the knowledge stuff would have been at Capital Radio <laughs> in Leicester Square um, uh. where we are doing those, so yeah, the original Ricky shows with Steve back at Charlotte Street, I don't know where they are, you know I don't know, they might still be around
1: I know there's um, like, because there's there's some of the, the what they call Series Zero which was just those two where they're kind of you know, bonding, like the, clearly that in their infancy of their relationship but obviously they went on to uh work with with Carl how did you meet Carl how did you work with with Carl yeah people obviously Cal- it's a huge figure <laughs> The podcast, and every, I think everyone loves Carl Pilkington
2: Yeah, he is. Yeah, again, he's he's national treasure, isn't he? Again, he's. Yeah. So I think. <laughs> yeah, I, which people don't say about Ricky Chaves, yeah. do they? they? Say yes. Yeah,
0: that's
2: true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to leave that there. Just do you want him no. as a
1: national treasure or not? I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
2: I see. I th- I I think <laughs> it possibly undermines the whole concept of national treasure. Yeah, I what think Chaves so is one. It kind of changes the meaning of it in some strange way. Okay, so Carl Pilkinton's interesting. Oh, there's so many interesting stories on it. Um, so so Carl Pilkington, when we move to Capital Radio. So Carl wasn't part of XFM at Charlotte Street. Yeah. Right. Never met him. When we got to Leicester Square, he was one of the two producer, engineer, technical folk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So there was Carl and there was Ben and uh, they were both wonderful people, still are wonderful people. Now, Carl was the only person who would ever tidy up the studio. You know, so you'd (laughs) really, yeah, you'd go through kind of like people drinking coffee and tea and on a burger wrappers and that kind of stuff. Carla be the person who come in
0: (laughs) imagine that go
2: round the studio pick up all of the detritus and chuck it in the bin yeah oh. um without probably saying anything and kind of probably being the person who kind of go why can't these people just clear up after them <laughs> used to that, but no but much more than that he was absolutely uh fantastic uh producer engine audio tech those kind of things so mm. i think he was involved with recording a lot of the live sessions and he would do a lot of the kind of the advertising stuff and kind of editing and you know all of the stationality and station branding and all that kind of stuff and you know was there to kind of you know fix problems and all this kind of stuff so really really fantastic creative audio technician now when ricky and steve did their show claire sturgis used to do a lot of the um, um sitting in drive in the desk and they talked to claire i think ian camfield did it a few times i did it yeah. a few times um, oh, and then yeah 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 so yeah i think I, I mean i didn't do it very often i probably did it three or four times Cause no, I had the was show, hell. yeah. So I had the show that it was kind of long after them, so it probably would have been one of those moments where Claire can't make it in today or something. So, Steve, can yeah. you come in early and, 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 and look yeah. after the kids? Um, <laughs> so, um so yeah so so there, been that and um I, I think I probably in those shows maybe I, I spoke a couple of times but I kind of just stayed in the background because I was kind of
1: just, I'm not surprised
2: and so they probably did kind of get goad me a couple of times but then the other times they were goading me would be I would have been preparing my show <laughs> and they would have seen yeah. me and said yeah. Steve Taylor's here let's have a go at it and then Carl then became the person that, that sat in the chair Again, yeah. probably, probably Drawing not intentional. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably not intentional. Probably, you know, Claire wasn't available. Ian wasn't. But Steve not available. Let's get Carl. And that course—that's when when Carl just kind of blossomed into this mm. just amazing, um, <laughs> on air personality that I don't think anybody really knew about. I don't. I don't yeah. know whether Ricky and Steve knew. And uh, I know he had done radio as a presenter. I think up in Manchester, but he'd clearly gone down a route in radio, which was like the, in the back back room doing the, yeah. the technical yeah. side of it. So when he then became the main person in the studio with them and they worked out just how brilliantly concise
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, he could be and just hilariously funny with, with the minimum amount of effort in many ways, just, mm-hmm. um, just uh, yeah, fantastic. And I think everybody was blown away with how amazing he was. And, of course, you know, that's led on to all the other stuff he's done since, so, yeah.
0: Yeah. We, we, we've had opposing views on this. Do you think that Carl was desperate, not desperate as I say, but he really did deep down, he wanted to get on? Yeah, and he wanted to present that's not a bad thing if he did yeah, but yeah, yeah, some yeah, people yeah. swear that oh no no he didn't it was entirely by accident yeah. and things but do you think it? knowing him do you think it, it was an ambition I, of his
2: i think carl would have been happy either way because i think he was just somebody who's always kind of just comfortable doing what he's doing and mm. kind of just and and a, and a really kind of a person who really cared about radio cared about people cared about everything that's lovely absolutely a one person i think he would have been happy either way because I think he had done, I don't know, you might know more than me, I think he had done some radio himself in Manchester. He probably must have thought, "Oh, well, yeah. I quite enjoyed that, so I wouldn't mind doing it again. Now, I don't know whether he surprised himself with the combination with Ricky, because if you think about what he did, you wouldn't go on air yourself as an individual and do what Carl did, because it wouldn't work. No, you know, he needed, no. he needed to bounce off what Ricky and Steve were doing. Mm. And they needed to bounce off what he was doing. So it was almost like a a, a perfect kind of scenario of almost like a completely new genre of radio in many ways. You know, you got that zoo format, but this wasn't a zoo format, was it? This wasn't Steve Wright and the afternoon dang or whatever. (laughs) You know, this, this was something entirely different. And, um, but yeah I, I don't know to be honest i think he probably enjoyed doing it and i think as, as probably as surprised as anybody else that he mm. suddenly became as as, as massive yeah. and as national treasuresque as uh, as he did but yeah and and you know i, I again i've not seen any of them because i because i've moved out of london and i'm kind of doing what i'm doing now as well so I, I you know i've seen them since they've all become these kind of absolutely mega stars. but um yeah carl started off as that person who um yeah, just, you know, you'd want him on your side, do you know what I mean? You know, you'd, you'd yeah, pick yeah, him yeah. for any any situation. Do you
1: listen to the shows, um, Steve, like the old podcast with um, Ricky, Steve and Carl?
2: I've listened back to a few of them, you know, when you're on kind of Spotify and you're kind of just looking yeah. around and you're, so yeah, just kind of picks, because there's so many of them as well, isn't it? So I'm kind of picking so something many, out yeah. random and having a listen through to them. And yeah, they they're still, Great, aren't they? Just listening back to them, absolutely amazing. I wish there's something I wish I'd done, which was um, again the and again it's the it's the old stuff actually at Charlotte Street is that Ricky had made these adverts, these spoof adverts, and they oh. were for they were for new albums by kind of fictional artists and. Um, I think he probably got Ian Camfield to voice a couple. I think he might have even got Tommy Vance to kind of voice a couple. As well, actually. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, the, the great TV. How? Um, but, I, so, but I remember there was there was one. There's one I'm not going to say because it's just totally inappropriate. But there was another one which is still inappropriate, but not as inappropriate. I remember the band was called Velvet Nazi Six Six Six.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <Okay.
2: yeah. laughs> it was kind of and their new rock album was called Something or Other, I don't know, but um, but they were imagine Tommy Vance's voice going velvet Nazi six six. six. Yeah. I think well, you yeah, can find them actually on, on series. Oh zero. maybe they're, they're there. Oh they're, yeah. I'll have to dig those
1: out. They're, yeah. they're honestly, I think they're called like Muff Shandy or something like <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fucking ridiculous. He does another <laughs> one where he um his it's just when the spice girls break up where Jerry yeah. leaves and they do the spice girl um like support hotline. And, uh, <laughs> I've not heard that one. Is, yeah. Oh, I send it to you. So it's, it's brilliant. Yeah.
2: It's just oh, oh Silence of the Lambs <laughs> one. Have you heard that one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I uh,
0: heard. yeah. I haven't heard. I have <laughs>
2: these. <laughs> no. no them we you. can't talk about that one. Yeah. Oh, why?
0: No. Now I want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can say we can cut it out.
2: I think it's just I think it's it? just a very loud noise, as I recall, in the background of something liquidy, oh, <laughs> whilst whilst <laughs> the character is meeting, yeah. Uh, yeah, you least. know yeah yeah for the (laughs) first time or whatever but I just yeah so he obviously did some film stuff but all of those yeah I mean that it would be great if they were I mean maybe they are collected somewhere. I don't know you'll have to tell me if you find them somewhere but um but yeah they were great and they were all from that kind of early days because I don't I don't know if he could have got away with that once it became capital I'm not sure might just that a (laughs) little bit too much (laughs) because of course remember XFM got told off didn't they by the radio authority when Tom Binks
1: Oh yeah, it was the,
2: the pig insemination. Yeah. sorry yeah. I can't remember who it was now, but it was Tom Binns. Kind of, uh, I don't know what Tom's doing now, but he was kind of a like a stand-up comedian that they took on as a breakfast show presenter for about a year or so. And I think he did something. They got into trouble for that one. I, I remember, but that that wasn't even Ricky Gervais he's getting into trouble for that. One. That's
0: amazing. How was so some, the how, things how, how, he did get away with? Yeah, the things we yeah. heard in the show series one, two, three after it was Capital. Mm. I mean, well, God knows what it was like before it was Capital. If that's what he's like, after. <laughs> oh, yeah. Exactly. i mean i can't imagine
1: what was it how was xfm viewed among your contemporaries the other radio stations because we spoke to uh andrew phillips as well and it seemed okay, like you guys yeah, were just outro, yeah yeah he's he was a great guest and um but it seemed like you were almost like the i don't know like the guilty pleasure the sort of filthy secret that that even radio mm. one jocks were kind of like Ah, uh, what? Sorry, we're listening to XFM. Like yeah. there's always seen as uh, you guys are the naughty school children at the back of the class almost.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think it was a bit of a clamour, wasn't there, for people to get onto XFM because um oh god, this is this now this is terrible. When I say first of all I forget so many people that were on there who are now like major, major stars. Yeah. Um, so many people but started I
1: just, there, didn't they? Oh,
2: they, they did. Well they started there or they were already established, but they wanted to it's a bit like um, you know, we're on the third album. And we don't know what to do. We want to be different. Let's mm. go and get Steve Albini to produce it and give it that kind of dirty Albini kind of feel. And then we'll <laughs> yeah. be cool again. Yeah. And and I think it yeah. was a bit like that. So, so I remember uh, people like Zoe Ball, of course, came to work for XFM. Yeah, yeah. And Derma O'Leary came to work for XFM. That's just astonishing. Um, and, you know, um, and we, you know, the, I remember Jimmy Carr was there and uh, Simon Morris, Pegg did a show. Russell yeah. Um, got the, yeah. All, all of them. There, there was a whole stack of, it. I mean, it sucks. One of my favourite things. One of my favourite. I I was doing for a while. I was doing the uh, the mid morning show. Um, So I'd be doing sort of the mid mornings or something. And I remember I I must have had the show as mine because I was covered. And they said, right, Steve's away. We're going to get in. Sucks to cover him, and I remember thinking, sucks from madness is covering this. Covering you, yeah. <laughs> what
0: that's kind so of funny. weird
2: world is this? Um, yeah, so they'd have all these people coming in, in, in doing stuff, and that's with before you get to the sort of the takeovers and the hijacks and people coming down to do those things as well. But yeah, so I, I think, yeah, going back to the, the question, I think a lot of people were, um, wanted to get involved. Um, mm. So I think, you know, somebody like Dermot, again, fantastic fan and and I, but I think it get getting impression with people like Dermot and, and Zoe and people like that, that they were, I got the impression that when they were on XFM, they'd do the show and, and, and I'd see them after they are done or something like that. And I'd be on next because it was always the weekend and I was usually doing a Saturday afternoon, Sunday, something like that. Uh, and I'd say, you know, a oh, really great show. And they go, oh, do you think so? Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and I think they were kind of like, you no, know, they felt like they didn't know the music and they were at XFM. Mm. And it was a bit kind of, it wasn't the usual stuff they were known for. They were used to doing the pop stuff and the X Factor yeah. and those kind of things or whatever. So yeah. I think they always had that kind of feeling of, um, we love this station. You know, it is actually, we do know the music really, but they kind of think they always worried that they weren't coming across as if they, they fitted, you know, yeah. when of course they were yeah. fine. They were great, great professional presenters, you know, and that's so. Lauren Laverne, of course, did a show at XFM yeah. as well. And of course, when I worked at Kix96 back in the when I was a a youngster doing that, I interviewed Kinnicky and and I found them (laughs) really difficult to interview. It was one of those interviews where I did the interview and after the God that's over, you know, blimey. Yeah. And then, of course, a few years later, Lauren Laverne then is like she's no longer just like in Kinnicky. She's now like this kind of cultural icon. <laughs>
1: is. Yeah, there's you know, designed yeah. discs now. Like yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, messy. you know, again, magnificent. Um, so that was kind of a a weird, a weird thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, so loads and loads of people coming through, kind of great musicians and kind of those great comedians. You know, I I wish Simon Pegg had done some more stuff as well. You know, because I mean, I've him, heard those shows; they're Edgated, fantastic, and, yeah, for really, us and
1: really funny.
2: And I'm sure I'm missing people. Oh yeah, yeah. um Russell Brand got taken on at one point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, taken off <laughs> um, again, quite quickly. Yeah. Russell Brand. Oh, <laughs> uh, here we go. He's, okay, let's try and stay on the side of not slander, not libel. Um <laughs> no, so, go so got taken on by the aforementioned Andrew Phillips. Now Russell Brand at that point would been doing MTV. And i think that was all he, i don't know if he was known for anything else i think it was mtv and i think there were some salacious stories about him at mtv mm. but you know people should look those up themselves but anyway so he so he came to he said we've well, got at xfm and and he came in one night and i was doing like an, an evening show or something like that and uh, he came in so that i could show him how to use the desk yeah, because I was on yeah. air and it's like, go and see Steve, Steve will show you. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, he came in and I, I tried to show him stuff, but he didn't seem to be taking it in. And I remember we had a um, a, a radio presenters meeting, we were all sitting around his table and they were talk, we were talking, I don't know what we're doing. We didn't have many of these at all, actually. Andrew was chairing it. So, Russell's there and uh, we're all talking about, I don't know, stuff, music, playlists, shows, mm. I don't know. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, Russell Brown says, hey, would it be okay if it would be really cool, wouldn't it, everybody? If you know during the news, you can just like turn the mic up and start commenting on the news, going, "Oh, that shit," you know. Yeah. And everybody's looking at them thinking, "What?
0: Right. <laughs> yeah.
2: What?" And so I think Andrew probably battered that way, kind of. Yeah, it's an interesting idea, Russell. Anyway, um, so back to uh, you know the, what we're talking about. yeah. You know? um, and, and of course, it's not lost on me that I was the person that showed Russell Brand how to use a radio desk. When yeah. I don't know two or three years later, he's embroiled together with Jonathan Ross um, in the Andrew oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Andrew Sachs, that's it, the Andrew, Andrew Sachs, Sachs in, yeah. incident, uh, which appears to be based on people not knowing properly how to use a radio <laughs> desk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying here? There's a, probably the a line. There's a line that probably goes all the way back to me, and I'm possibly <laughs> to blame. Because, you, you know, know, if I'd shown him better, don't, don't put that fader up. Put that <laughs> fader up. Yeah.
0: But he, he wouldn't be as big as he is now, I don't think, without that incident. I think that kind of gave him a bit of an edge in an XFM kind of way. And he, he went in a different direction. And I'm not saying he's I like him or not now, but he's pretty huge. I reckon mm-hmm. that incident was part of that. So actually, yeah. he owes you some money.
2: Well, I, yeah, I think there's a few Come deaths that, like that. called in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, um, yeah, so, yeah, but he wasn't, as you say, he wasn't ever long. He did about four or five weeks, I think, and 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 that was it. But um, yeah, it, it, it was enough. And as I say, there's a hell of a list of people who were involved with XFM over the years. It really is quite <laughs> astonishing. I've probably missed out some really really big people as well. Um, so apologies to them if I've forgotten. No, no, <laughs> so. no,
0: that's that's okay. That's really interesting to get these little. Of course, the on. best
2: people, the best people, at XFM were, you know. Claire Sturgis, yeah. John Kennedy, Ian Campfield, you know, these, these were the, the true cool. troopers that went through the whole thing, you know. They mm. were those soldiers, you know. The
0: latter few years of. Uh... Of your life, the last five, ten years have been spent in academia. Your lecturer. Uh, you also wrote a book, the A to Z of the. Sorry, yeah. the A to X. Of, oh, yeah, yeah. Get the branding music. right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, that you preferred prefer the life, that life now, or do? You, why did you make that transition? What, what sort of, what appeals? Because it's kind of, I guess, being a lecturer must be like a bit like a radio host in a way that you are, you're projecting, mm. you're kind of, you're speaking to people all the time. So.
2: Yeah, you've nailed it there, actually, in a way. Actually, it's kind of like I can't get on the radio anymore. So actually, I'm just <laughs> going to have got people captive in a room and they're quite young and I can kind of yeah. influence <laughs> their minds. And so, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It, it, I mean, it's so, so the book, first of all, I did while I was at XFM. So hence the a to x Because oh, wow. yeah, that yeah. was the show. That's what I was show. So the, the oh. main special show that I did was called The a to x of Alternative Music. And it went out for... I don't know, five years, something like that. And it, it, it moved around the shed a little bit, but it tended to be on a Saturday night or a Sunday night. It might have been on a Friday night at some point. But essentially, I did it on a, a weekly basis. So, so yeah. that was my show, that was my baby, that show. So that was the one where I could do it however I wanted. And Again, thank you, I think it was Andrew Phillips who gave, gave me that show. So what it was, was a three hour show, and I tried to bring together new music with the old stuff. So I would go through, uh, the alphabet essentially. So I'd start like so. So you know, show one or whatever would have been right. Okay, we're starting with a certain ratio, and I would do sort of a, a minute and a half, two minute kind of potted history of a certain ratio, in a kind mm. of you know scripted kind of slightly DJ things. So I wasn't reading yeah. out. It was kind of a bit of a blend of different things yeah. there. And I would go, okay, a certain ratio, blah blah blah. I started here. This is who they were. This is the key stuff i have got to listen to. Here's a couple of things that happened to them along the way. Right, I'm going to play you this track by a certain ratio, and then it go into a track and I play it. Yeah. Mm. And then I'd do some other stuff and I'd little features, and those kind of things. And then it'd be like, right, the next, the next inductee, if you like, um, is ACDC. Yeah. And again, straight away, you're controversial because ACDC alternative, what's the, <laughs> what on earth is he talking about? But of course, ACDC are alternative. They've had, they've done the same thing for 400 years with just two chords, it's you the know, status yeah.
0: quo um, of, uh, rock. <laughs> of alternative abs- of rock. <laughs> absolutely. That's- I was going to say, it's the misconception, isn't it? that alternative and successful yeah. don't aren't can't, yeah. can't be synonymous. Alternative can be success, like yeah. commercial success.
2: No, 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 absolutely. And that oh, was, yeah. I mean, because in a way, you can make an argument and say that ABBA were alternative. Because if you, if you think uh-huh. about what was going on in Sweden when ABBA formed, ABBA was all about really kind of folk music that was political. And ABBA come along and go, no, we're going to do pop music, which is apolitical. You know, well, that's pretty yeah. alternative for Swedish culture. So, you know, so, so it depends on how you view the world, isn't it? So essentially... I did this, um, did this show that it had all those kind of features in it. And it ran for ages. And I got all the way through to Z, And I probably finished with ZZ Top just for the hell of it. Because it's C and C. <laughs> and yeah, actually, yeah. come on, let's I face it. <laughs> <laughs> Top we're pretty cool at times. Yeah? So I did this whole thing. And I, it gave me a chance to play all sorts of different tracks. So the idea was, okay, Steve, this has run for a long time. This actually a book would be good, wouldn't it? You know, so I said, mm. oh, fantastic. So, so I said, yeah, I'd love to do a book. So I then did this book, which is still available. You know, you can get it for oh, you
1: know, yeah. Amazon okay. available.
2: I'm um, Amazon. You ain't get it for me. Yes. And um, so anyway, and and in it, I, I chose a bunch of artists, and I I wrote up the sort of thing I'd have done on the radio as a script, but I kind of did it in a bit more writerly style. And the idea was I I'd picked artists that um, were could be defined as alternative in some way. Mm. And I kind of said, right, it was going to be about how they've engaged with the business. You know, the sort of thing that they've done, whether it's musically, lyrically, or whatever, is different. But they also had to be able to connect with an audience that understood as well. So I left out some of my favourite artists. I left out Leonard Cohen and Joni Mitchell and people like this, because mm. to me, they were independent. And they did their own thing artistically and magnificent artists, but they weren't alternative. Because to me, alternative meant you had to be connected to the culture, not just sitting alongside it doing your own thing. Do you know what I mean? Doing your own thing is dead, dead cool. But alternative to me was something that was connected to and would push things forward. So, you know, somebody would come along and say, right, we can see what's going on, but we're going to do this. and It can be slightly different, blah, blah, blah. So that was it. So the book came out of that. And I suppose in a way that started then kind of segue into what I was doing academically. So I did, I did do some stuff where I wrote up a little bit of stuff around XFM. I went to work for University of West London, which was then called Thames Valley University when I joined it. So when I was doing the show, I was also doing the the, the lecturing during the week. I was teaching radio, I was teaching cultural theory and all those kind of things. And we set up a radio station actually at Ealing in the Ealing film studios. So we had oh, student wow. radio shows, which is great. And I would do a show on there every now and again as well, whilst I was still doing the XFM thing. Worked there for a good ten years uh, in Ealing. Uh, then I moved to University of Northampton, where I became a deputy dean of the School oh. of the Arts, which is kind of very wow. grown up. And in my kind of grown upness, I, I tried to still retain that kind of um, slightly indie ethos. Yeah. Um, so when we we're at Northampton, I managed to get honorary degrees for uh, for Jar Wobble and for Bill Drummond. <laughs> so Jar Wobble magnificent bassist from Public Image Limited or whatever. He's still yeah. around now. Go and see Jar Wobble. If you've never seen Jar Wobble play live, go and see him. Just the greatest <laughs> night out. Um, we brought in Alan Moore to speak to the students well. Alan Moore's the guy who wrote The Watchmen and V is for Vendetta and all those kind of things. Oh, wow. the, the all those great films that Alan Moore despises, because even though he wrote the graphic novels that they're based on, he never wanted them turned into films. So really? great. I always try to kind of bring in people to talk to students and get involved who are, are themselves left field, let's put it that way, Mm. you know, so there's a, so I've always tried to, you know, what I'd like to think is where I've been involved in being able to put stuff in front of students, whether that's as a lecturer or now as a kind of an academic manager, as a dean Mm. or whatever, is actually to try and stay a little bit true to that a little bit further, you know, so in terms of of bringing some of that stuff together, where I am at the moment in Warwickshire, we're in Leamington Spa, which hardly anybody in the country knows is the the centre of the games industry in the UK. Um, it's actually known as Silicon Spa um, (laughs) and all of the major games (laughs) companies are based in Leamington Spa Sega Playgrounds Ubisoft and then a whole stack of indies so when I look at the games industry in Leamington yeah I look at the games industry industry and I see the music industry of the 80s or 90s you know I go okay hang on a second you know you've got the major corporates but you've got these kind of these little indies where the real creativity is happening and that's just like You know the the indie labels, post-punk that you know were kind of bought. If you like, bought up by the corporates. You know, but they are
1: now literally they are. But they're all being like hoovered up. Look at the recent sales that have gone gone through. Gaming's just bonkers industry now, isn't it? It it
2: is. It is. That is the culture now, isn't it? You know, and I think now if I was, you know, for me it was always about music and that was the thing. And and I think Mm. it still is to an extent. It's still there, isn't it? But it's it's now. I think if you look at you know Gen Z or whatever. Yeah. I think you know games culture and being online. Yeah. And all of that side of things is probably kind of the, the edge of culture in yeah. some way now, in a way that music sort of isn't as much.
0: Do you think that's why you are you gravitated towards Leamington Spa? Just in general, you know, where you work, that, that sort of area, yeah. because of that indie culture, even though it's not in the field, you have... Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah probably not to be honest it's kind of like you know I was aware of it because of living in the area or whatever but you know having got there it's very much a kind of a right okay there's an interest. you know one of the first things I wanted to do was to kind of chat to some of the people who are in this sector and we, we ended up putting a conference together and you know we've um, just trying to kind of celebrate a little bit more and kind mm. of pull out because you know you walk through Leamington and it's kind of um, you know there's these big buildings on the parade in the center of Leamington and they're um, you know behind a lot of them, the, the little games companies you know yeah. so you know above a shop you know there'll be some offices and that's where they're, they're working soft. you know and and yeah, yeah you know it's, it's it's quite amazing actually to think that that is all sort of hidden away i mean there's you know there's, there's other areas but i mean a lot of our students who study the uh, the games art course that we have at um at uh, Warwick College. Warwick College and University Centre as well as we know. Courses now will, open. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you, you on-time UCAS applications are closed, but you could still apply through UCAS extra uh, and then in clearing. But no, essentially the um, you know all of our students um, generally go from that course into jobs in the Leamington oh, wow. Spa area, working in, in, in games companies, you know. And so it's um, it's still there. I think that kind of independent spirit type thing mm-hmm. is um, is still there in culture and still, still there in the arts and these kind of things. And it moves around. I think it's been in music for decades and decades and decades. Mm-hmm. And it's still there. And there's still great music being made. You know, there's still mm-hmm. fantastic artists. I mean, I don't do as much of it as I used to, because obviously I've kind of, you know, it, it's finding the time to do it. But every year, for example, I go to the Green Man Festival in, oh, um, I'd love to go Wales. to the Green Man festival. Oh, it's the best. It's yeah. the best. You know, oh. I mean, I okay, I've been to every other festival, so I'm, I'm being a bit, you know, kind of presumptuous there, but but yeah, I I go every year, and I have been going now for a good fifteen years or whatever, maybe longer, and I love it because it means that you know when the when the uh, the lineup gets announced, and quite often, you know, there's a there's a bunch of artists who I know and I'm excited about. So this year, Green Man has been headlined by. Craftwork. Oh, really That's, <laughs> that that's pretty cool, isn't it? Craftwork in a field yeah. in Wales. <laughs> it's going to Doesn't feel make much surreal. sense, does it? But you know, <laughs> um, but lower playing, metronomy are playing, kiwanuka's nice. playing. You know, there's some some really good people playing there as well. But the whole stack of artists that I've not heard of, and you know, and so that's great. So I know I can kind of wander around for three days, drinking overpriced drink and eating <laughs> overpriced food, which is magnificent. Um, but also kind of getting getting, really? getting my sh- my shot. Of, kind of, of great music all in one place. So if I, if I pick one artist, for example, at the moment, who I'm absolutely crazy for, who actually played Green Man two years ago, uh, is an artist called um, Aldous Harding. Um, who's originally okay. from New Zealand? She lives in Wales now, but go and check out Aldous Harding. Okay. I mean, she's just she's okay. she's an well, absolutely amazing artist. You know? There's there's we'll one artist
1: that I do want uh, to get your your professional muso opinion. Oh God, on. don't ask that because because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gary and I uh, obviously yeah. you're you lived in basically the time I wanted to live, which is like the, the the peak of the '90s with Britpop. But I we're both huge Britpop fans. I'm blur Gary's oasis oh, and I blurring. wanted to, <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to get your opinion on your It
0: comes
1: chasing. up every single show Gary and I that is like yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go out for some drinks. we'll always end with an oasis sing along but we all, all we're, lot, Gary yeah. actually got me into them because I was I hated them originally. couldn't yeah. stand it. I thought they were just populist rubbish really ordinary basic songs but now my appreciation is more deeper anyway what do you think of a <laughs> and can don't say break pulp. our heart either can say pulp?
2: <laughs> you, can, say pulp. Yeah, you can be the pulp i think i'm trying to think if it's changed over the years it's an interesting one isn't it because to me i mean you know blur were just an also ran baggy band weren't they you know that yeah. was it you know so you you know they when um, there's no other way she's so high that kind of stuff came out oh, yeah They at the time, yeah, they did okay, but they weren't up there with you know the roses and the Mondays and the Charlatans and Spiral Carpets and that kind of stuff. You know, they were. It was sort of ah, there's this other band, and they're sort of from London-ish or the south. And if they're from the south, they can't be proper baggy (laughs) because they're all from the north, you know. And and so, so so I I think, and and of course Blur sort of famously went away, didn't they? And they kind of um, came back then with the the Modern Life Is Rubbish out, where they sort Mm. of brought back that whole kind of mod sixties ethos didn't they yeah. you know i mean yeah, it yeah. didn't sound particularly mod let's face it but the kind of <laughs> you know it, sat, it had that kind of there was a certain ethos to it and that's where i think people started paying attention again i think modern life is rubbish is a brilliant album and then um and then of course after that then became part life and a uh, great part life is i was listening back to it the other day and um, part life i think still stands up really well really interesting yeah. stuff on there now oasis now oasis i remember oasis wow. i was a kind of against oasis when they first broke through because i i hadn't dis- <laughs> i hadn't discovered them
1: <laughs> yeah. Ga- Gary's leaning it? forward now <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
2: it's always annoying when you haven't just you know think, How did, where did this band come from I wasn't aware of them yeah, um, and, yeah. and surely people should have like, contacted me and phoned me or something and told me hey this is bad. so no they sort of seem to come out of nowhere and i remember them being on the, like the front of a uh, you know i don't know, was it it was enemy or something like that yeah. and um, and that first album though definitely maybe again when you listen to it um, it's it's a big heavy album isn't it you know it's uh, i uh, think it's somebody a described it as it kind of sounds like a you know you're underneath an airplane and it's landing or something you know it's big there's a big sound yeah, joint, you know, yeah, yeah. all that kind of you know the, the kind of the extraneous down. yeah and, really, and those extraneous yeah. like little studio microphone noises which are quite loud and kind of you know so I, I really like the first um uh, oasis album. Well, for the second album i think at that point my natural kind of oh they're, everybody loves them i must therefore not love them because yeah, everybody loves them. Be. yeah. Kicks in, and so i probably didn't give the second album it's due but i did love don't go back in anger and i still think that's one of the greatest
0: songs Oh, of the night. Just, ah, brilliant one to all
2: annoyed me because I saw the video I mean so that. often that it, it kind of started to annoy me um, and then after that I must admit I kind of didn't really bother much with Oasis those first two albums were the albums for me Blur lasted that a little bit longer but that's kind of true of some of the others like Radiohead you know great, you know, first album Public, yeah okay second album The Bents magnificent mm-hmm. then you get OK Computer even more magnificent than The Bents and then you get Kid A and you go oh this is going in a really interesting direction but then after that do you know what I've kind of gone do you know like still new, new to, like, but
1: in rainbows yeah. and stuff
2: yeah, it's all right. It's okay. So, but I, do, oh, I don't know. I, 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 like I don't know Ryan whether. A, yeah, I do like it, but I, do, I don't know. I do this thing as a as a guy. I just a, the final plug because I know that I've taken too of time. There's a guy called oh, Richard Shaw, cool. Richard Shaw on um, on Twitter, and I'm going to give him a plug because he's um, he's made my life wonderful for the last couple of years uh, during lockdown. Oh. Um, he 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 created this um, uh, hashtag, which is um, five albums and then and mm. a year, and every two weeks he picks a different year. So at the moment, um, so, you know, when I come off here, I'll be going straight back into 1976, yeah? <laughs> okay. Because he's doing, he's doing hashtag five albums 76, right? Oh. He's just in 2003 for the last two weeks. So what what happens is, is everybody who's kind of following that hashtag goes, then has to, for the next two weeks, live in 1976 listening to all of the albums that came out in 1976, <laughs> and choosing their top five. So then they choose the top five. I, I go with ten, and I've got. And do you know what? I've got a spreadsheet. That's how sad it's has gone. <laughs> yeah?
0: no, no, that's <laughs>
2: because I. Because like, if I'm going to do this, if I'm dedicating all of go this time, I've got to it me, go, put a spreadsheet together. So basically, so you know, he's doing 1976. At the and I'm listening through to that. And think, what well, my top five? And then you, you you tweet them on a a, a, a Friday night, and then he, he he closes it on Sunday morning. He then spends <laughs> the rest of the day counting up giving the person who came first gets five points and then down to one point for fifth and then he works out which is the best album from that year based on all of these people who've and and of course every two weeks more and more people are getting involved so you should definitely get involved and (laughs) and the reason i tell that story because the original fantastic first of all it's great it's great fun because it makes you listen to albums in a structured way you kind of, say, oh well yeah. i haven't i haven't listened to the third hot chocolate album i better go back and check <laughs> it out um you know what a terrible gap in my knowledge but essentially the uh, th- things like blur have come up so i think part yeah. life won for me in in uh, would it be 90, f- 95 95 yeah, nice that's five. I, nice I think five. it did win. I could check my spreadsheet. But I think it did win <laughs> when I went went through, and uh, was 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 Oasis. it was the same. Was it the same? It was the same year, wasn't it? Because it was the Wait. whole. No, it was what, the second. What's delve, the
0: story, Morning it? Glory? Yeah, yeah, nice.
2: that's right. So, uh, yeah, I'm. I think that would have. I'd actually sure made my ten.
0: Well, you you so, like sorry, Gary. You said you said don't look back in anger, right? You said that. you said okay. oh that
2: that though is yeah that's yeah. immaculate that's immaculate. That- the greatest you know, that's all of the it's like probably Common People, though, that's
0: the one <laughs> I Well, that's good as well, but yeah. I although it's just like white noise, apart from you saying, to <laughs> <love>, don't I <laughs> no, I'm, I'm only kidding. Wow, you certainly um, know a lot about music. I, no, I, all you said I was, was Blur Oasis,
2: I'm sorry I did 20 minutes on no. that. No, no, it lo- <laughs> we loved it.
0: Honestly, that was, because Steve Taylor, I would say probably best mm. storyteller, We've had on. This like the most a bloated, story
2: unnecessary uh, storyteller. No, yes. you, I
0: like those. I like those details. You know, they're they're yeah, they've been fantastic. So well go on then, blur or ISIS, you've got to come down one side. I think you you come down Blur. <laughs> you like, round I'm, it off. I'm, I'm blur.
2: Da- Damon has let me down recently with the whole kind of Taylor Swift thing. That was unnecessary. Oh Dave. yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he shouldn't say um, that. He shouldn't have said it. And I think he knows he shouldn't have said it. And he's and I think cool he's. Dude. He is a very cool dude. It's totally out of character, and he still he, looks
1: the, the same as he as he did in oh, the nineties. He's such a beautiful yeah, man.
2: Yeah, he's kind of he's definitely got that, you know, and and, and and the gorilla stuff. Oh, that was my was the Graham Coxon. I love the fact when um, Graham Coxon was interviewed and, and Damon Albarn had done the whole kind of gorillas thing, and they asked oh. him about Damon's new project, and he said, "What the banana splits." <laughs> 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 which is if you're young you don't get that but banana splits were like these yeah. basically these yeah, kind of yeah. puppet characters from who were on television in the 1970s I thought that Graham Cox's put down of the gorillas being the banana splits I thought was I excellent so.
1: uh, no this has been I've really enjoyed talking to you Jack. and I just wanted to ask um, just one last question which was Obviously, you were in the radio business. You were, you know, you worked really hard. You've done so all the shifts of of all the different (laughs) slots. What would be your advice to anyone who's like looking to get into radio now, even like kind of a, you know, entry level? Or what would be your advice? Because we we, we both love radio, but um.
0: Yeah, and obviously, we've been in right. it. We've done community radio. Yeah, we've done things like that. We have done it.
2: I mean, it's a tricky one, isn't it? I mean, you know, go and find a, a an inebriated man leaning at the bar and talk to him. That's <laughs> scary. Or let him talk to you. No, I think what you're saying, actually, I think actually getting involved with doing radio whether it's community radio student radio or podcasting as that you are doing now actually i mean i think i think you know that you know the way you've you've both put this together today i mean it's kind of really really relaxed interview style and all those kind of things it's kind of and also it it gives you you know the podcast it gives you so much you've got so much scope haven't you to be kind of free form and you know so so actually you know some of those old rules of radio actually you know this this is in many ways better than some of the radio that you listen to during the day isn't it because i mean you know some of those links are just they're not even there in the studio let's face it you know yeah exactly you know when I hear you know it's smooth radio has been left on in the car and they're saying oh Kate Garraway's on next so I'm thinking I'm sure Kate is oh, currently God. on the television um, it
0: um,
1: Kate
2: so. um, <laughs> but essentially um yeah I think I think the the advice is just like people who want to be journalists I suppose in the past as well it's yeah. kind of like get your own stuff out there and um, and try and get it in front of people isn't it that's the thing but I you know, because it because I'm I, I'm not in the radio industry at the moment. I'm not sure the best way of doing that. I think it's mm. about getting the podcasts out there, and maybe maybe it's about kind of the subtlety of finding those radio shows of which there aren't many on on radio. So John Kennedy's show springs to mind, mm. for example, where there's still so, and making sure that you're kind of a regular sort of um, you know contributor in some way to that. You know, yeah. so you kind of um, you yeah. can kind of make a connection with somebody who's kind of got that that link who's doing stuff, um, and see where there's opportunities to pick up. I suppose placements and those Mm. kind of things, isn't it? You know, through getting to be part of the the gang around those shows, you know, that's 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 the you know, that's to do this kind of radio, you know, to, to do radio where you are kind of playing the playlist and you're kind of the voice you know who's kind of yeah. doing the sell, selling the products in between or whatever i think that's more about kind of going through kind of i suppose kind of the whole kind of performance of the theater route now probably do you know what i mean it's kind of it's kind of people who are you know i'll do radio as part of my my career that's the brand but i think what you're doing is kind of a bit more it's, it's honest radio do you know what I
0: mean? yeah it's it suits us I, something you know, the, the something pay that, isn't as good
2: no <laughs> it's being paid for it isn't it that's the problem it's being paid for us <laughs> because yeah. i think what you're currently doing with a podcast like this is you're already doing the radio that should be on the radio anyway.
0: Whoa. So, you know, wow. the only reason oh, you'd want
2: to be on the radio is to get somebody to give you some money for it. Well, do, do <laughs> so you know, exactly. the, the yeah. only
1: reason the only reason we want to be on radio is because, you know, you started it all with XFM and I think XFM yeah, has kind of is. filtered down into the, the podcasting land. So we're hugely yeah. Yeah. thankful for your contribution yeah. to XFM and the massive
0: influence that it's had today.
2: Yeah, yeah. And thank you so much for kind of inviting me on because it's just been great to just kind of just chat. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, absolutely. We've loved it. No, we've loved it. We've loved it, Steve. Right. Honestly, he loves music. He hates Kate Garraway. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, it's some, no, I'm joking he doesn't really but yeah Steve any last words before we go we're going to have you on again whether you like uh, it or not so
2: see <laughs> yeah, how this one goes <laughs> you yeah. get any responses so don't put him on again what the hell are you talking
0: about we, um, we might get listeners for once
2: yeah well, you know, so, no I, 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 I don't think there's any last words I don't know Where's
0: the it's the sound like a funeral really so yeah, it's a yeah, strange yeah, question yeah, to ask yeah. isn't it last yeah. well, listen,
2: <laughs> you, you never know in a couple of weeks time it might be that I'm kind of you know i am not if and you, you go, remember, well, that, that was his last work. <laughs> that was his last. That was it. He, he did all this. Then it was a whole load of he wasn't doing radio or anything like that. And suddenly he was back on this. Then he died. Um, he so, <laughs> you know.
0: Destroyed your reputation, yeah. this
2: work. Yes. Yeah. Or, or I mean. buy my book. There you go. That'll do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we will Every time I sell it, it, I make four pence, I think. So, you know. Oh, um, all li-
1: fat as <laughs> much as that. Oh, no, no,
2: no, absolutely grief. no. It's been absolutely no. Uh, really enjoyed it. It's been a, a, a great. I was going to say what time we're doing it, but that would destroy the magic of radio. <laughs> and the, 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 no. so, uh, it's been a great whatever time you're listening to it. We've had so. Yeah, fantastic. No, you're. a you okay You're such
0: much. a good storyteller. Thank you, Steve. So,
1: um, that was Steve Taylor, ex XFM DJ so slash presenter. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I was supposed to record, start record before I was on air. You know, that's a golden rule. We do, we said we'd never do that. I will I'm break
1: joking. all yeah. of the rules in podcasting yeah. to get exposure.
0: Yeah, it, Steve was a pleasure. He was a jo- lovely man and also very so knowledgeable and very good speaker, interesting speaker. And, yeah. Uh, he's so keen, you know, to speak about it. I
1: so I hope you got a really new perspective on like life behind the scenes at XFM and... Just the music scene at that time, which I think you and I would absolutely love to be a part of.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like all those bands. No, I t- as someone who's like a uh, philistine when it comes to music art, I'm kind of... it was I was in awe of him, you know, just going through these bands. Oh, yeah. He can link, like, 12 bands to... to one band to yeah. on, say oh they're like this is so so do yeah, do probably.
1: check out his book and i'll put some links so you can find out a bit more about steve into the description but i thought just before we go i'd like to wrap up with a little bit of xfm in the community and gary if you, i think if you check the chat of our zoom we have got a recent correspondence that i have been forbidden to read out and you'll find out why <laughs> if you check so if you're able in your best voice just enunciate every syllable every as much as you can
0: okay Lorena, aka albers hello please have the other guy not miles read out my email read my email out on your next podcast please listen i love miles but it seems like the other little fella on the show doesn't do much that's true enough Anyway, I'm still catching up and finishing up with the garlic bread episode. You turn mental and keep talking over each other as we do. Uh, Every time this happens, I hear myself say, all right, move along. Wanting to break it up. I'm the one that sounds like a mental basket. Mental basket. Is that a term? It is now. Uh, (laughs) uh, Anyway, really love your podcast. Peep up the good work. Cheers. No, I'm American here and I don't actually say cheers. So, yeah, see ya. Hugs and extra kisses. Hey, oh, there you go. An extra no, no, kiss. So i can't tell you. Oh, you hang on. You are American. You are so you are American. Oh wow! Thank you, Lorena. What a lovely name. What a sh- what a horrible email, but what a lovely name. <laughs> yeah, how why would you draw attention to that? No, I'm joking. That's why. I mean, that's you know, that's more than I get out of bed for usually because I, I do not read emails out on this show, and I can't be bothered. He's not allowed. So I, I'm I'm not interested. And Mars. <laughs> well. No, it's just a good way of doing it. Us Mars doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We Lorena know that say,
0: Thank you, Lorena. No, I'm just making a point. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, but no, I did enjoy reading that out, and I'll tell you what, Lorena, if you email something in each week, I'll read it out, and it'll be the special one that I'll. Maybe read not too
1: late. much though, because we don't want to break the flow too much.
0: Oh, don't! You said that earlier. <laughs> oh, that bollocks. One of
1: us <laughs> guys. Um, anyway guys um, it's been a pleasure, great thank you Steve again and uh, do make sure you like, review and subscribe to the podcast and email us in your XFM in the communities at spinnerspodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter that's spinnerspodcast and uh, we look forward to coming back with our regular um, show next week where we're, we're in the next episode, can't remember what it is uh, oh, but yeah. I'm sure it will be brilliant 8-9.
0: Episode 9, Series 3. And buy Steve's book. We'll put a link to the Amazon.
1: Yeah. Uh, All that. Book. Yeah. All right. Well, what are we saying now? <laughs> oh, no, no.
0: Well, that's it. Oh, okay. we saying? Well, well saying it, about, hey,
1: treat, treat someone. Oh, I should also say, treat someone. If you've got a loved one, uh, do treat them to a Patreon subscription where you can get loads more Miles and Gary content because I'm sure that's what they would, they'd want.
0: Yeah, if you're if you're married to a completely mental a mental basket. A mental <laughs> basket. <laughs> That's right. it. I, don't yeah. nod to me. I, I, I'm like, trying yeah. to say you yeah. to say
1: goodbye. I know, i
0: said I said goodbye. I said goodbye. I said hello. Goodbye. Okay. See you next week. Ah, darlings.